Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello and welcome to the 312th edition of the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm Matt Perkins, and joining me, the third amigo in the second city, who today, I guess, is just the second amigo because our uh, our own offensive coordinator is at a scrimmage tonight. So uh, second week in a row, you are just getting the two of us. Uh, it's a man who actually knows the real meaning behind Dink and Flicka. <laughs> uh, it's our intrepid blogger from Big Ten and Counting, Josh Cook. Matt, you know, I hate to start with a mistake and a clarification, but I played a couple legs last week. It's okay. It's okay. You know, I usually don't give you the reins, and sometimes when you uh, take the reins for the first or second time, some mistakes can be made, and that's so, okay. So I was I was listening to our show, as I always do. I like to try and make sure we're making sense, especially me. Um, and you mentioned North Dakota, and I said coyotes. Yeah, that's that was, South Dakota. Yeah, it's the I, Eagles. Yeah, formerly the Fighting Sioux. And then also, I had a whole thing about why I wanted to compare the Boise State quarterback to Jared Jabransky and not Kellen Moore. And I completely forgot to mention it. So some Boise fans are probably like, what the hell are they talking about? Like, what about Kellen Moore? Kellen Moore is like on a way higher level. Like Kellen Moore is like one of the greatest group of five quarterbacks like of all time. It made to include him Ooh, in, the compar- in the comparison. See- this brings me to a to a off the top of your head question. Then top yeah. five group of five quarterbacks of the twenty first century. Ooh, I was going to do all time. All time is too much. Twenty first. Damn, century. you said twenty first century. I was all ready to unload with Sean King, ninety eight <sighs> Tulane. I mean that was uh, that was epic. Don't get me wrong. I mean Kellen Moore's got to be number one. I mean he, he won like fifty games. Timmy Chang, a, a stat that probably won't won't be caught up. Timmy Chang's going to be on that list. Cole Brennan is going to be on that list. Yeah, I think um, uh, I, I think there's probably uh, some guys who played at in, in, in some of the not, not, not necessarily like a Western Kentucky, but I don't know. Yeah. Uh, does oh Byron Leftwich at Marshall. I forget when he graduated. Is he 21st century? I think he's like 2002. OK, so I think he just yeah. slides in. Yeah. That's a, That's a great question. That's that is a great, great question. question. Maybe we'll have to investigate that for our our next episode. Um, no matter what, though, before we get into the second of our five conference preview episodes, uh, got to remind the good folks listening at home that we are presented by BetOnline.ag, where they continue to be your number one source for all of your online sports wagering needs. Uh, baseball season, uh, pennant races in full swing. Josh's Padres uh, are uh, – not going to be making the playoffs, I don't think. <laughs> hey, um, we're like five back of the wild card. <laughs> uh, yeah, but you're not catching up with my my dear Atlanta Braves. Me and Coach uh, always <laughs> repping the Braves. Uh, I think that uh, yeah, we're we're in pretty good shape right now. Don't want to you know get too far ahead of ourselves, but uh, feeling pretty good about my Bravos football season. We're recording this on a Thursday night. Uh, f- officially kicked off with the Hall of Fame game tonight. I mean, it's it's preseason football. It's some sort of football. I don't know. To me. Uh, we're not watching clearly because we are talking about the Big 12 and we're talking about Conference USA. So, w- yeah. which frankly, I'd rather do that than watch preseason NFL. But 
maybe I'm a little bit strange. Uh, no matter what your sport is, though, uh, you can uh, make some action and take some action on it over there at betonline.ag. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with our promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V. Bet online where the game starts. Josh, you wore an Iowa hat last week, so I had to wear a Wisconsin hat this week because, well, reasons. But you are wearing uh, a hat, sir, of one of my favorite dining establishments and not just the Midwest, but the entirety of the country, Hamburger Number Two. Got to get an Iowa omelet and a pie shake. That's oh, the pie all shakes. you need. Oh, blueberry pie shake is just one of the greatest things you can possibly ingest. So, um, blueberry pie shake, I think, better than any of the teams in the Big Twelve this year, though, Josh. So, uh, whoa, whoa, hey, come on, hey, I, I mean, blueberry <clears throat> pie shake, blueberry pie shake, undefeated. <laughs> I don't think any Big 12 team is going undefeated this year, Josh, but we will just hop right into yeah. it. Uh, in the ever-expanding Big 12, uh, they've added a couple new members for this year. They're losing some next year, but also gaining some more. Who knows with all of this crazy conference realignment talk? Josh, uh, where do you want to begin? Well, actually, let's talk about that realignment just for a moment because that impacts our league, the Big 10. I, I know I've got a Big 10 blog. I know I'm a lifelong Big 10 fan. Obviously, Iowa fan more so than the conference, because we're not the SEC. We don't blindly cheer for our conference. No, we don't. <laughs> we hate Ohio uh, State. We, we, but, we genuinely hate Ohio State. But it, it, it's asinine. So dumb. It's completely asinine because the conferences and the TV networks are operating under this idea that's that doesn't exist anymore. ESPN is hemorrhaging subscribers Disney is trying to jettison ESPN for money purposes. How is ESPN going to pay a 20-team SEC or eventually, once Fox faces the same issues of ESPN, how is Fox paying a 20-team Big Ten? And here's the thing. I know I'm going to sound so old. I know I'm going to sound so old-fashioned. Get off my lawn. But when it was the original Big Ten for when I was growing up, which was 10 teams plus Penn State, the, the nice big 11, I would watch Iowa, and then I'd be like, oh, whoa, like the old Oaken Bucket is on right now? Oh, Purdue, Indiana, they hate each other. Oh, let's check this game out. I give zero craps about Rutgers and UCLA. I will watch exactly zero seconds of that. And guess what? As much as I love college football, it will be cheaper to cut all my subscriptions and just listen to Iowa on the radio. It's that simple. If it comes down to it, I'm not paying an insane, I need hulu to watch sec i need disney plus to watch the big 10 i'm not doing it well i'm not doing it and most people aren't when you hear about like oh the pac-12 is gonna go to apple tv plus or whatever i'm sorry like even with my ucla allegiances i mean they're gone they're gonna be gone anyway but i i you know i grew up loving pac-12 football I really yeah. enjoy, have always enjoyed watching Pac-12 football. Pac-12 after dark is special. Pac-12, you know, those classic games, the game, 
you know, Stanford Cal, you know, oh, you know, the, the Oregon, Oregon State in the, in, in the, in the Civil War, mm-hmm. it, you know, the Apple Cup, all that stuff was always really enjoyable to watch. Good games, different style of football. Like you said, Josh, Washington versus Maryland ain't moving the needle. And I wrote an article this week on MikeFarrellSports.com about the future of a three-super conference college football world where the Big 12, the Big 10, and the SEC have 24 teams each. And this is more of a thought experiment than anything else. It made me sad to write. My <laughs> Josh, my, uh, my motto for God, at least since Nebraska joined the Big 10 has been make the Big 10 10 again. And I, I genuinely believe that like, I would be very happy to make the big 10, 10 again, make the sec 12 teams again, go back to the swack in the big eight, go back to like an actual pack 10, not a pack 12. I mean, when I started my website, I named it big 10 and counting out of jest. Like it was not a suggestion. (laughs) It was a satirical title. Yeah. And like today I find myself posting a write up prediction on Rutgers and it's like, well, I do it because I've got some Rutgers fans and I do care about the league and I'm presenting the league. But in my heart of heart, I don't care about Rutgers. And it's an outmoded belief that what's going on with this expansion when these TV contracts, when that bubble bursts and it will. And you have an intelligent athletic director at UCLA looking at their travel budget. And they will go, why the bleep is our softball team spending thousands of dollars in travel? Because we we, we played a conference game in Happy Valley, Pennsylvania, where there's no airport. Big West enough. Lafayette, Indiana. Yeah. And, you know, people will talk about, oh, well, you have these travel partners like UCLA and USC will fly together to Northwestern and then one will play Northwestern one day, Illinois will play the other, and then they'll flip flop and then they'll travel back. And it's like, cool, that's still really expensive and really inconvenient. And it's not feasible for a lot of travel destinations like you look at a map and you go, Oh, Wisconsin and Iowa are border States. We're three hours away. How's that a travel partnership? It's not, you know, it's it, not. It, and the sad reality is a lot of schools are just going to do what Iowa did, which is we don't have a swimming team anymore. We've slashed a bunch of sports that were non-revenue Olympic sports because they don't make money. <laughs> yeah. And it's about, it's now it's in our, not, not just in college athletics, but society as a whole, it is just capitalism driven and yeah. it will end up being literally just football and basketball. And oh. that's it. And it's a shame because Josh, like, I mean, I even worry about things like Wisconsin hockey. Like our, you and I as college roommates, the best times we had at sporting events at Wisconsin, as much as we love football, 
we're going to Wisconsin hockey games. Like, mm-hmm. well, let's let's not like get it twisted about that. The best fan experience at Wisconsin these days is actually women's volleyball. And I worry they're the reigning national champions. And I worry about I worry about that because what happens when they have to play a league game in Eugene on a Tuesday night? Yeah, right. It, it, it's it's a complete bastardization of the purpose of a conference. The purpose of a conference is to have regional schools who can play each other and build yeah. up and have those traditional rivalries. It's all just and, been completely torn asunder yeah. for the for the love of the dollar. Yeah, and, and I know it's you know this is completely just anecdotal evidence this is just me this is my experience when i was younger my saturday morning started i'd watch college game day i'd watch as much of the central time zone baby 11 o'clock game love it um as i could until i had to go to the iowa game or sometimes Iowa was playing that 11 o'clock game finish those morning games head over to to iowa watch you know, go to Kinnick. But when I'd come home, I would watch the rest of the, the day. I you know, I loved when Hawaii was on at like central time. It was like 11, one in the yeah. morning. Yeah. 11 yeah. Like, off. yeah. Like I loved it. That was my whole day. As I got older, I still did that. I did that all through college. You lived with me. You know, I did that. We did that when we college. were living together in Los Angeles, like did, five years did, after college. Yeah. So I was doing that, honestly, up until about three or four years ago. And it wasn't like I couldn't anymore. It wasn't like I was too old. It was. I don't care anymore. Like, I'll watch Iowa. And that's it. For the podcast, I know like, well, crap, I should probably check in on you know, Georgia, Tennessee should probably check that. Oh, there's two minutes left. and It's a tie game. Well, okay. I'm going to watch the last two minutes, but a lot of my prep work for the show is box scores because I can read that and synthesize what happened with the game and, you know, checking out a highlight or two. I watch basically one game now on a weekend. I watch my Hawkeyes and if it gets too expensive to watch Iowa, if there's too many packages or, you know, cable that I need or streamers that I need. Like I said, I, I'll just listen to Dolph on the radio and I'll and I'll come to the podcast. I'll be like, hey, I, I listen to the Iowa game and that's it. Like and also, you know what? This, this is going to sound crazy, but this, this might not be very competitive of me, but it's going to be freaking impossible for Iowa to win the Big Ten when there's 25 teams and we're going up against Ohio State, Michigan, Oregon, what like USC, it ain't happening. If Iowa doesn't have a chance to win a conference title, why am I watching? Why am I watching? If Iowa doesn't have a chance to make the tournament, I don't care. I want to win championships. I would... If you told me right now, Matt, I had a choice of Iowa football, two directions. If you told me we will drop down to D3, like the University of Chicago, and focus on academics, 
or will make a billion dollars a year, but never finish better than 15th, I would say F the billion dollars. We already have an amazing hospital. We have an amazing writer's workshop. Like academically, we're doing fine. Yeah, and uh, stop well, being so greedy. Also, that billion dollars, as for you as a fan or as an alumnus, that's not doing anything for you. No, that's not any, that that that's not doing anything. It's it's lining the pockets of administrators yeah. and coaches, and you know, oh, it's upgrading facilities, like constant facilities upgrade. Oh, they have another new three hundred million dollar indoor football facility. It's like, that's yeah. great. And that's wonderful. And I'm glad like the current student athletes are getting that, but all of this financial arms race is no one's going to be competing for like, if there's going to be three super conferences, which it looks more and more like there's going to be three super conferences. Like, what are you competing for? What are you competing for? If you're mm -hmm. not, it is a, it's, it's stratifying the layers even more to yeah. a place where there are only three teams that can compete every year just for the big 10, at least like, you know, your, your Northwestern's winning a division title. Like we've seen a, a handful of times in the past yeah. five, six years, that's never happening again. Never. Yeah. And it is, it's, it's frustrating to, follow at times so let's get out of the doom and gloom and yeah, let's uh, get to something fun let's All get right. to something fun because about the big as, as weird of a conference as the big 12 is these days and the in the sunset of the texas and oklahoma era even though we've already spent 20 minutes in our hour-long podcast getting <laughs> in doom and gloom uh let's get into it josh because uh there you said it has to be an hour uh me you know, as long as we want well me because i have to go to bed at some point um eh. but uh, mostly, but also the big 12 is as confusing a league. And I think as wide open a league as we have this year, at least amongst the power five conferences. Yeah. All right. So, well, let's run it down. We're going to do the same thing we did last week. Um, due to, uh, to Matt's big promotion. He is super busy. Coach is busy. So I took the lead. These are mostly my thoughts just with, uh, with Matt chiming in here. So I, I like to kind of refresh listeners' memories because they might not remember. So uh, what was the Big 12 like a year ago? So coming into the season, Texas and Oklahoma, everyone was talking about their exits are looming. They're down to just two seasons left, counting last year. Um, so a lot of buzz was surrounding, you know, is Texas back? And Oklahoma, of course, had a splashy brand new hire, Brent Venables. And well, both pretty much disappointed. Uh, Texas went just eight and five and uh, they did finish third place, though. So th they kind of contended, but they really struggled to close the deal in their biggest games. Like, say, oh, that one point lost to Alabama. Uh, the Sooners were a whole nother story. They just stunk. Um, they went three and six in conference, six and seven overall. And uh, well, basically, they proved uh, an interesting theory. They proved that when you have a uh, corrupt asshole of a coach who tampers with your program and leaves you and steals essentially every player you have on your team, it's pretty hard to like field a competitive team. So uh, people were confused if Oklahoma would be good or not. And uh, well, they weren't. So, so with the usual big bullies not living up to expectations in 2022, who won the league? Matt, you probably remember who won the league. 
do our listeners do? It was a whole bunch of purple. There was a lot of purple in that title yeah, game. Yeah. And even though the league champion uh, did not make the college football playoff, uh, the league champion got to play Alabama in bowl season. And that was the Kansas State Wildcats. Yeah. So uh, Kansas State, they knocked off those frogs in the Big 12 title game to officially win. But we'd be remiss if we didn't say that TCU won the regular season going 9-0. and And they got to go to the playoffs and they upset Michigan. And hey, they appeared in a national Good title for them. game. We'll leave it. We'll leave it. My at cousin that. Douglas was at the national title game. He was a senior at TCU last year. Uh, I don't really think he enjoyed the actual experience of the title game a lot. Yeah, but you'll look back on it and enjoy the ride because let's just say a, something similar happened to Iowa the last time we were in the Rose oh, Bowl, yeah. and I still enjoy that season. Um, as for the rest of the league. Okie State and Baylor, they made bowls, albeit kind of disappointing seasons. Texas Tech won eight games. And our boys, the Kansas Jayhawks, they went bowling. And if you don't remember, when's the last time they went bowling? 08. And uh, Kansas fans will tell you they had a few key injuries, which kept the season from being truly bonkers. Uh, But big step forward to make that bowl game. Um, And then last... But certainly not least, we have a transition year here in the Big 12. Matt kind of alluded to it. Texas, Oklahoma, their last season. But BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF are all joining the league this year. Um, so kind of kind of a strange season. Here are my five intriguing questions. And Matt, just like last week, feel free to chime in on any of these. I shall. Question number one. Will Texas or Oklahoma win their final Big 12 seasons or will the remaining Big 12 hate be just too powerful? I'll let you know when we get to uh, to, to predictions. All right. Our purple brethren, will those purple powers be as powerful again or will one or both fall? I think one of them will be. Me too. Question three, will Texas Tech build on last season? And be a threat for the title. Again, I'm going to withhold because I have thoughts. Okay. Iowa State. (laughs) (laughs) What the hell? (laughs) Um, They lost eight games last year. Six of them were by single digits. In fact, seven of their losses were by by just 38 points. I wonder if any of them were thrown. (laughs) Yeah. Will they bounce back or, or are they trending downwards? I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I'm not feeling so hot about our friends uh, out out there in Ames. All right. And obviously we have a soft spot for Kansas. I think they're like the kind of like the unofficial official team of the show. Yeah, They kind of might be. They they gave us one of our greatest moments ever. I think the history of the show. (laughs) So, so in honor of that question, number five, what is Kansas's ceiling? here for this season uh it's as high as high as it's been since 2008 at least there we go all right so here are uh, just a reminder these are my predicted standings matt has his own thoughts on these yep. i've got some questions that i'm going to throw at him after each team but i'm going to give you my ranking and the reason why so my number one team people are going to be a little surprised i think is kansas state wow. I picked them last year. You did? And I see literally no reason not to remain a believer. Okay. They have Coach Chris Kleiman, who, for my money, is a better head coach than Sark. 
and a better coach than Brett Venables. And unfortunately, Brett Venables' wife uh, is battling cancer, so he's probably going to be a little bit divided attention-wise. The Wildcats have the best offensive line in the league. I will not disagree with that. Possibly maybe even the nation. One, I'd say, one, 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 I'd say, you know, I, I think they're probably yeah. a step below Michigan. I think they're probably a step below. Uh, I think there's a couple other really good lines out there, but they're, they're a top five unit for sure. Yeah. And that OL is, of course, anchored by all American level talent. Cooper BB. Yep. Gotta love. Yeah. Mr. Will Howard. And he put up really, really solid numbers in his seven starts he played before injury. So, Matt, let's be real. This team does have to reload their secondary. And they do have a little bit of a shakeup there with their pass rush. But can they solve those defensive holes and contend for another title? Contend? Yes. Losing Felix on a Duque Uzoma is huge though mm-hmm. and that is i am josh you mentioned the, the holes in the secondary and along the defensive line and for me it is that is what worries me because i don't know if they are going to be able to uh stop teams when you know they, they might they're probably gonna be able to get up on a lot of teams but i don't know if they're going to be able to stay up with a pass rush and a secondary that can keep teams at bay uh, when they're going four and five wideouts and just throwing the ball around because I don't know if they have the talent there. Also, Josh, another name you didn't mention, kind of surprisingly, no more Deuce Vaughn. Uh, Deuce Vaughn is uh, was the catalyst for that offense uh, for the past three seasons. And I just I just assume <laughs> that Kansas State has another uh, five foot eight running back. Josh, just Josh. Five foot eight is being very generous, <laughs> very generous. I just, it I just assume they reloaded that position. I mean, they have some playmakers. Yes, I am. I'm concerned about that, and I'm concerned. I'm though. I'm. I'm most concerned about the the ability to hold up against the pass on defense, and that is why I do not think they will repeat as league champion. Oh, well. I know where I'm more popular than you, and that's Manhattan, Kansas, right now. Listen, I'm I'm, I'm pretty popular around, around those parts. We we have been <laughs> carrying a lot of water for Kansas State for a long time in comparison to most. In I know. Let's let's be real. Coach always craps on Kansas State. <laughs> He's not here to defend himself. Nope. Um, uh, my second place team. This is a this is obviously a team that Coach loves because Coach, you know, he's he's a Georgia fan. He's used to front runner, so uh, Coach is beloved. Texas Longhorns. Uh, he's already rooting for them. He's already got a burnt orange SEC shirt. Um, <laughs> so, okay, for Texas, obviously the talent is clearly there, but our big question is the coaching. So, Matt, does Sark have it? And if he does have it, will Texas actually get over the hump this year? I don't even think he needs to have it for Texas to get over the <laughs> hump this year. That's Ooh. the talent advantage that Texas has. Texas has... Uh, who I think is the best defensive player in the conference and linebacker Jalen Ford. Um, they have, even without DeMarvian Overshone, uh, they still probably have the best linebacking unit in the league. Uh, they have Quinn Ewers at quarterback, who I think will be even better in his second year as the starter. Uh, they have the best wide receiver in the conference in 
um, Xavier Worthy. They have uh, arguably the best tight end in the conference. They are absolutely loaded talent-wise. And I think it is a case of can Sark not mess it up more than can he coach him <laughs> up? And I think that the talent gap is there. And I have Texas as one of my two teams in the Big 12 title game. All right. Well, number three. Boomer sooner. I got Oklahoma finishing third. And uh reason for that is they hit the portal about as hard as anyone in the offseason. Not named Colorado. Um yeah. Um so they're they're looking to bounce back from last year's disappointment. Uh they have several ski position, skill position players, excuse me, joining through that portal. Um, but last year's big portal grab, Dylan Gabriel, he was fantastic in his first season at Oklahoma. So they have a nice building piece there the I, I think I, I think that fantastic i think he was mm. i think he was his solid. numbers his numbers were numbers. good yeah. his numbers were good but All a right. clear clear step back from what they've had at oklahoma for the past decade okay wait like it's, four heisman trophy fantastic. winners well that's the thing you can't <laughs> call him fantastic when they've had uh two heisman trophy winners and then another guy who transferred away from oklahoma and won the heisman the next year <laughs> Like but can but can win the rest of the team around. I can win the rest. I can win the rest of the team around. It was crap, and the coaching was awful. Well, okay, yeah. <laughs> he was fan, he was fantastic with those in obvious handicaps. In, 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 in comparison, like fair enough, you know. But fair enough. All right. Well, moving on. The defense, by the way, the defense has to get better, right? I yeah, mean, they were awful last year. They they allowed six yards per snap in league play. And they, uh, they so bad. <laughs> they were just so awful bad. against the run basically all year. So you would think Brent Venables being a former defensive coordinator, they will get that side of the ball going. So um, that other issue, they were dreadful at one point games last year, which uh, some can kind of indicate suspect coaching game management. So uh, Perko, am I putting too much stock in last year's, six and seven record or am i right to be pretty skeptical of this team josh i don't think you're putting enough stock in it i am very skeptical of this team uh i don't have them finishing the top four of this league interesting all right i have them fifth okay i'll be honest i have one and two as like clearly ahead yes none of these teams are really contenders i have three teams at the top with texas kansas state and one of the teams that we are going to talk about soon is your next one Texas Tech? Yes, it is. All right. Well, I got Texas Tech fourth. Uh, offense, baby. That's all you need to know about the Red Raiders. Tyler Show, he's back. Uh, Duran Bradley, he's going to have a ton of passing receptions. The, the passing stats are just going to be insane for this team. It's going to be like They're Mike Leach is back there. Yeah, it's going to be um, ridiculous. The defense was a complete joke a season ago, but they have six starters back. So maybe maybe a little bit of growth there. Um, I think, I think you're going to be pretty optimistic, Matt. So here's the question everyone has about the Red Raiders. Can they ride that offense to contender status or are they still kind of a second class team? Josh, I have them taking on Texas in the big 12 title game. Hey, oh, so wow. I am. I am. Doe goes in. Tortilla comes out. Yeah, I am here for everything that Joey McGuire is doing. Everything that Joey McGuire. He is one of my favorite coaches not just in this league but in the entire country i i you know he is the perfect coach for texas tech he i've been hammering this point home 
he is getting kids from he's recruiting Texas, like the state of Texas, as well, if not better than any coach in Texas Tech history, not named like Leach. Um, he he's so he maximizes talent he finds talent i love what joey mcguire is doing i love this texas tech team i think they are going to finish the season 10 and 2 Ooh, i love it all right fifth place stay it in the state of texas a lot of texas teams in this league tcu and uh you know we probably shouldn't doubt sunny dykes after no. the year tcu had last season um but I, i'm a realistic and i, I i'm kind of looking at things and i see no max dugan no Kendra Miller, no Quentin Johnson, and a schedule that has them going to Lubbock, Norman, Manhattan, and hosting Texas. Yeah. Ooh. So, Perka, let's do just a really quick mad dog on their league schedule. Oh, let's do it. All right, we're gonna see if the, we're gonna see if this team can get to six and three or seven and two. Why did I pick those r- records? Six and three was third place last year. Seven and two got you to the title game last year. So, can they get to six or seven wins? This is just their conference slate. At Houston. That's a win. West Virginia. Oh, that's another win for you, dog. In Ames. At Ames. Ames, it's terrible. I don't care what the conditions are. They're going to win. That's 3-0. and All right. Brigham Young University. At home? Nah. Oh, I, I'm sorry. The, Mor- the Mormons got nothing. Got nothing <laughs> on those frogs. 4-0. and All right. So you got the 4-0. and In the Little Apple. That's a loss, dog. Okay. In... Texas Tech. At Texas Tech is also a lock. It's also a loss. Four and two. Baylor. Baylor should be a win. Five and two. Oh, I skipped a game. Sorry. Wow. Ruining the segment. I'm so much like like Mad Dog's co-host. Always skipping stuff. Uh, Before the Baylor game, they play Texas. Oh, Texas. I I, I love Texas this year. I love Texas this year, dog. That's going to be a loss. Okay, so we're at five and three. Then was the Baylor game, which you already said was a win, and then their finale in Norman. Uh, I think that's a win, dog. I think that's a win. So you got them getting to six and three. That's correct. That's All right. All right. I, yeah, like I am. I am bearish on Oklahoma uh, in comparison. Fair enough. All right. Let's let's do it. Let's do some rock chalk Jayhawk. Rock chalk. Um. Matt, can I interest you in some starters oh, that are yes. returning? Yes, you can. Because Kansas has 17 of them. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to list all 17, but the cream of that crop, their quarterback, Jalen Daniels. Yes, sir. Uh, the offense should be strong. Yes, they will. Defensively, the linebacker core is solid. Yes, it is. Um, but they have four brand new defensive linemen. Um, they also have a secondary that was pretty up and down last year. So, Matt, what can Kansas do kind of schematically with that experienced linebacker group to help out the new defensive line? Especially the reason I bring this up is in the opening weeks of the season, they face Illinois week two, who we know is a very run happy Brett Bielema coach team. Well, what they can do is lean on Jalen Daniels and a running back I love in Devin Neal. Uh, to get up big and not have to worry about stopping the run because everyone's going to try to pass <laughs> on them. And that's what I am betting they are going to do. I have Kansas finishing in the top four of the league. Top four, even more optimistic than me. Yes, sir. I, so you, you, know, you know I like to swing big. Texas, in order for me. Texas, Texas Tech, Kansas State, Kansas. Nice. Love it. Um, all right, number seven. 
kind of getting to here to the middle. We got Baylor. And um, they do have an experienced backfield quarterback. Blake Shapen is back. Shapen. Uh, running back Richard Reese is back. The offensive line, all new. And defensively, this unit really kind of surprised everyone by struggling a year ago versus their 2021 title game. They gave up 11 more points last year than 2021. That's a lot. That's a lot more per game. Yeah. So I am curious, though, Matt. Baylor had kind of a decent name transfer. Sawyer Robertson come in to compete with Shapen at quarterback. Iron sharpens iron. But Aranda has already announced that Chapin is remaining the starter. Yeah, I don't really trust Aranda when it comes to quarterbacks. I love Dave Aranda. <laughs> I love what he does on defense. I don't trust him one bit when it comes to quarterbacks because he jettisoned okay. the quarterback that got him to the Big 12 title game in 2021 for Chapin. And then Chapin was just kind of milquetoast last year. And then he brings in Robertson. But then it's it's very strange. I, I trust Aranda, you know, with my life on defense, I do not trust him as far as I can throw him when it comes to picking quarterbacks. And for that reason, I've got them right there in the middle of the conference as well. Yeah. All right. Number eight. Matt. Yep. The Gus bus. Beep, beep. It's we've we've topped off the tank. It's ready to roll. Um, they got a pretty nice quarterback, John Reese Plumley. Yes, he. Uh, I mean, he's uh, a, he, he's a better running back than he's a quarterback. I still think, <laughs> I still think he's a better runner than he is a passer, but it doesn't really matter, especially well, in that. Well, he ended up he ended up winning a very tight quarterback battle last year. Um, the skill position group is, believe it or not, really good. It's mm-hmm. it's probably going to clock in as among the league's best. But their offensive line, all new defense, has six starters back, including Ricky Barber and Traymon Morris Bush on the defensive line. Both of them already making headlines as preseason Big 12 selections. Uh, but they have a new coordinator on that side of the ball and very little depth. If this club stays healthy, I think they could be a spoiler and, and really derail someone's contender season. Uh, but any injuries, ooh, they're, they're going to they're gonna be in a, a pickle there. So, Perko, is there any good way to get reps and try and manufacture the depth Central Florida needs? Or or is this just a problem that can only be addressed in the offseason? I think it's really a problem that has to be addressed in the offseason. I think that they are also, being in Florida, they are going to have an interesting travel schedule. <laughs> they are going to be flying around a lot. You know, we, we talked about with this conference realignment. We're, we're seeing that. I mean, West Virginia has had to deal with that plenty already joining the big 12 and at least they have at least a a little dance partner over there in cincinnati not too far from morgantown now but i mean orlando florida is not near any other school in the big 12 they're going to be going all around the country this year i don't love their prospects in the first year in the big 12 so you think eight's maybe a little too high for them then i think it's about right uh it's it feels about right talent-wise because I do think John Reese Plumley is a better quarterback than some of the teams ahead of them. Like I, th- I would rather have John Reese Plumley than Blake Shapen. Um, mm-hmm. I'd rather have John Reese Plumley than probably anyone who's taking snaps at TCU. Um, but at, at the same time, I think that is going to be a bit of a detriment. And you know, uh, you know, for uh, all of the the laurels that the Gus Bus has, uh, <laughs> he he's been known to drop a couple head scratchers. Mm, yeah, you don't say. Um, all right, moving on. Number nine, Oklahoma State. 
Uh, they're positives. They have a ton of returning talent and schedule sets up pretty nicely. Their schedule avoids Texas, Texas Tech, and TCU. Um, on the downside, their brand new defensive coordinator is putting in a 3-3-5 scheme. Uh, the defense has just two returning starters. So the defense is a complete unknown as we enter the season. Uh, Matt, you've always been way higher on the mullet than me or coach. Where do you stand on this year's team, especially that switch in defensive scheme? Oh, I'm so down on this year's team. I am so I think 10 is too high for this year's Oklahoma State team. They have a new defense. Well, I had them I had them ninth, so well, I'm even higher than 10. Ninth, 10th. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like new quarterback, new defensive scheme, losing their top receivers. Like, I do not trust this team whatsoever this year. I think that there there are some serious cracks in the facade of that mullet. And, you know, <laughs> you've got some serious split ends going on there. It's going to need a real... It's all party, no business. It's, it, well, I, no, the, the problem is that I got a business degree from Trump University. And Ooh. it is just not going very well. So it, I'm no, I am all out on Oklahoma State this year, all, all all the way out. Fair enough. All right, tenth, I've got Iowa State. Now I originally had Iowa State also at tenth, and I was going to talk about how quarterback Hunter Deckers was back, and that they have seven starters back. back on defense, and that the defense was outstanding last year. I was going to highlight that we all like Coach Matt Campbell. I was going to highlight that. They dumped their terrible offensive coordinator, Tom Manning, who was in a private competition with Brian Ferentz to see who was the worst offensive coordinator in the state of Iowa. And they replaced him with a former Cyclone great, Nate Shieldhouse. Well, the problem is that uh, while the news broke this week that Deckers is facing pretty severe gambling allegations, as in he bet on Iowa State games, um, this could, you know, easily get him banned from college football <laughs> like not just a few games but no, no, like that's a lifetime ban that, he could be lifetime that, ban. That, so that, that's what we call a pete rose situation yeah so i i still even without deckers there's still nuggets of this team that i kind of liked and that's why i didn't drop them past 10th and i kept them where i originally had them but matt how are you feeling about the cyclones like are, are you Dropping them to the 14th? Or no, like I'm not dropping them to 14th. No. I might drop them down to one or two, but the, th the truth is that they have a true freshman quarterback named J.J. Cole, who is a top 10 quarterback in the country coming out of high school. And he's the real deal Holyfield. Like, he is an <laughs> absolute dude. And I think this weirdly might be a blessing in disguise if he comes <laughs> and plays. And they might not do great this year, but that this actually might set them up for the future if he takes his lumps as a true freshman when no one's expecting anything out of him. That, yeah, they might finish 11th or 12th in the league this year. But next year, this might be great for Cole because he might come in having seen a whole lot of college football and be ready to really shine. So I'm not saying this is a blessing in disguise. This year is not going to go well. But I think <laughs> the long-term prognostication for the school with this isn't actually that bad. Well, I think you just made a lot of friends at Ames because the, there's a lot of doom and gloom right now. Uh, a lot of people saying the season. over. always loved me and Ames, uh, Josh. Yeah. Come on now. All right, let's let's move on to uh, Cincinnati. 
And obviously there's... I stole their coach. Yeah, the, the, there's a little bit of mystery, obviously, without Luke Fickle. Um, I guess you could say they hired an experienced coach with okay. Matterfield. Okay, that, yeah, um, that, that, that it, is not factually incorrect. They also have an experienced transfer quarterback in Emory Jones. Also a fact. <laughs> um, they do have a solid defense. They still have Dante Carleone. Mm-hmm. Um, they do get to avoid playing Kansas State, Texas, and Texas Tech. That's true. So uh, pretty much every outlet, including us, have Cincinnati in the bottom quad of this league. But between that schedule and defense, are we actually being a little too pessimistic? I think we are. Um, you mentioned Dante Corleone, uh, Deshaun Pace on that defense, mm-hmm. also truly outstanding linebacker. Um, after Jalen Ford might end up being the best linebacker in in the entire conference this year, I I would have honestly Cincinnati ahead of both Oklahoma State and Iowa State. Ooh, all right. I'm a little, a little bit little more, more bullish. More bullish. I, I mean, I guess uh. I think Scott Satterfield not a great quarterback, <laughs> not 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 a great coach. I'm sorry, Emory Jones like not not a world beater at quarterback, but again, seen a fair bit of football has you know has played plenty of good enough football at least that considering the quarterback situations at those other schools that I just mentioned, I'd still rather have Emory Jones. So mm-hmm. in, in for this, for 2023. So I will actually tag Cincinnati ahead of both Iowa state and Oklahoma state. Nice. All right. Heading towards the bottom. Number 12, Houston mm-hmm. and the Cougars. Let's, let's be honest. They, they're, 20 and seven the last two years, Yeah, but they haven't stopped in nosebleeds about 2011. <laughs> um, but, but the problem is they're changing leagues at just like a really rough time in the program. Um, the defense looks to be one of the worst in the league. Uh, they gave up over 30 points a game last year and have just four starters back. Um, the offense has some talent, but unlike say Texas tech, I just don't see enough stops for this team to overcome that fatal fatal flaw. And uh, Matt, our, our little podcast, okay, particularly me, <laughs> I've been pretty hard on Dana Holgers in the past. Am I letting this cloud my judgment in these rankings? You're letting it cloud a little bit, but I don't think all that much because I have them finishing right around the same place for the simple fact that, yeah, you compared them to Texas Tech, but uh, in a battle of the coaching wits, Joey McGuire versus Dana Holgerson isn't a contest. Like, <laughs> I'm, like Dana Holgerson has shown us enough over the course of his career that he has literally zero aptitude for even understanding what a defense does. Like, he is maybe second to Alex Grinch <laughs> in understanding like what it means to coach a defense. Well then, okay. Now uh, I think you might have now taken the lead on being hardest on uh, Dana. No, I just happen to vacillate a lot more than you. Is what it is because I've (laughs) I've had times where I've been singing the praises of Houston from all that can hear, and uh, yeah, now I'm very down on them. All right, thirteenth, I got BYU, and um, our good friends over at Athlon, who write incredible previews, they've just been a source of knowledge for us. All this time years. Yeah, they have BYU up at 11th and I just don't see it. I mean, either the schedule is not very fun. They play Kansas. 
They are at Cincinnati, who is a little frisky, especially on defense. At TCU, who is eh, well-coached. Tech, who we've been singing the praises of. At Texas, who we've been singing the praises of. Their easiest game, a road trip, though, to Morgantown, all the way across the conference. Oklahoma, travel to Stillwater. They gave up nearly 130 rushing yards last year per game, forcing them to against blow up that side of the staff. Against a much easier schedule. Yeah, so you know they, they blew up their defensive staff, basically. They are relying on journeyman quarterback Keaton Slovis, who I think is on his eighth team. Honestly, when you said that, when, when when you said that, I didn't even realize what team he was on. I just assumed like he 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 had just gone off and was like playing in the CFL or something. <laughs> so you know, I, I got BYU second to last. Is it fair it's to be this far down on, on BYU? I'm I'm right there with you. I am a hundred percent right there with you unless they, you know, I mean, the thing about BYU is that they will sometimes pop up because they will get like a bunch of 24 year old, like former missionaries, some men, some like actual, like grown men with like, like four kids dad and a wife. And yeah. And <laughs> dad muscles. Yeah, pretty much. And that will happen. That will happen sometimes. I don't think that's happening this year. Um, and I don't think that they have a, 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 a quarterback situation that is just not good. Yeah. All right. That leaves 14th. And uh, we got West Virginia. And after the chaotic basketball offseason that they've enjoyed uh, losing a bunch of football games will probably be a welcome distraction for them. So my champion is I'm riding it. I'm doing it. Kansas State over Texas. I've got Texas over Texas Tech. All right. My offensive MVP, I got to go with my heart on this one. Jalen Daniels. I've taken the Kansas quarterback. Love it. Um, Tyler Slough is going to put up insane numbers with Texas Tech. Will Howard for Kansas State is going to put up amazing stats. But I just think, you know, Kansas has a good shot at seven, eight, maybe even nine wins. And a lot of that's going to be with him. I've got Texas Tech's quarterback, Tyler Shaw, as my my, uh, offensive MVP. Nice. I just realized I've been mispronouncing his yeah, name, Shaw. but you know what? Shaw. You know what? It's okay. It's not the not the first name. You and Bill Simmons. There we go. Still can't my hero. Anything. <laughs> uh, my defensive MVP, MVP, excuse me. You mentioned him earlier, uh, Jalen Ford. Yeah, same. Uh, I do want to give a shout out to Josh Newton at TCU. He's he's incredible. Great player. defensive back. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really nice defensive back. Um, but I, yeah, I think it's I, I think it's Ford by by a margin. Uh, my coach of the year, if I have Kansas State repeating with all this talent at these other teams that we've been talking about, you can bet your butt I'm putting Chris Kleiman as my coach of the year. Joey McGuire. If Texas, For similar I, reasons. Yeah, 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 Texas Tech makes the title game. It's 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 Joey McGuire. All right. My newcomer, as mentioned last week, I don't really do the recruiting thing and stuff. Like if a freshman pops off and have a season, like well done. So my newcomer, this is can be a freshman if you want it to be Matt. Uh, for me, I was looking at literally like newcomers, like transfers and stuff. Um, for BYU, that defense just looks terrible to me. So if BYU is, you know, going to succeed, it's going to be because they're going to put up some insane passing stats. Therefore, I put Keaton Slovis as my newcomer of the year. You know what? Give me g- give me the true freshman quarterback, J.J. Cole at Iowa State. Why not? Love Why it. Why not? All right. First fired. Um, well, let's just be real. I would have already fired Neil Brown by now. He's going to be the first. Coach to He's going to be the first coach fired this season. Yeah. All right. Final thoughts on this league. 
Matt, I know you're very high on Texas. I am. But but I want to I want to play a little devil's advocate for a moment. Let's say something goes awry mm-hmm. with Texas. Does Quinn Ewers start the whole season or once some stuff goes wrong and Sark feels that pressure, does he give what the people want and put Arch in? No, because Arch is right now at best the third third best quarterback on that roster. I think Arch redshirts. Um, Interesting. Because here's the thing you got to remember about Arch and the Mannings. They played at Isidore Newman High School in New Orleans. And they play in a league that is like a high school league that is genuinely terrible. Like genuinely (laughs) terrible. Like this is the competition he has faced in his career is atrocious. It it, is simply (laughs) atrocious. If something goes wrong with Quinn Ewers, Malik Murphy is taking the snaps. And Malik Murphy isn't that much of a step is, is a step down from Quinn Ewers. Don't get me wrong. Like Quinn Ewers has the potential to be a top 10 NFL draft pick. If Arch Manning is the starting quarterback at any point this season, something has gone extraordinarily wrong. And there is no chance that Texas wins the (laughs) big 12 titles. None. Zero. All right. That was emphatic. Um, For our dear listeners, if you just pulled up to work, this would be a good place to pause us because we're done with the, Big 12. We are done with the Big 12. And, and uh, we will, I guess, we're going to get into yeah. uh, a little bit quicker uh, uh, Conference US of A. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about CUSA. So, uh, recapping things, 2022 is pretty simple. It was all about meat, meat, baby. The uh, UTSA Roadrunners went undefeated in league. They sprinted to an 11 and 3 season. Uh, unfortunately, they're gone now. They are. Um, the Mean Green, they also had a mighty fine campaign. And, well, they're also gone now. So wait, hang on. Should we just talk about who is back? Um, The five clubs are back out of 11. Uh, The returning cast is Florida International, Louisiana Tech, Middle Tennessee, UTEP, and Western Kentucky. And those five survivors are joined by Jacksonville State, Liberty, New Mexico State, Sam Houston, and... UTEP, <laughs> I listed twice. <laughs> the there we go. That's the league. So um, Matt, we got a bunch of strong programs. San Antonio, UAB, North Texas—they're all gone. Um, I think it's fair to say that on paper, Cusa is probably the weakest conference. Yep. In in football yeah, this year, I'm, so I'm a hundred percent with you there. Yeah. Yeah. So um, here are my. Five questions. And I, I love that I listed UTEP twice. It's okay. Start, starting off with a bang. Why not? Uh, here are my five questions for you. Number one, this is going to be kind of a weird one, but you and I both have a soft spot for New Mexico State. Yes, we do. Uh, they won a bowl game last year. Hey-o. As an independent, do they keep it rolling now that they're in a league? Uh, yes, I think they do because the league is so watered down. All right. Number two. How will the former FCS powerhouses look in their first season? Um, I mean, I, I don't think it's going to be. I'm a little bit more worried about Sam Houston than I am about Jacksonville State. But, you know, I, I think that they'll be they'll acquit themselves like not terribly. But I also don't think 
we're going to get um, an Old Dominion situation um, where they just, you know, come in and, and, and are beating up on Virginia Tech toys, you know, two years in a row. <laughs> yeah. All right. Number three, um, Western Kentucky is like the heaviest title favorite, it seems like, of any conference. Yeah, for good reason. Um, no. Um, number four, Louisiana Tech, they lost four absolute nail biters last year. Do they flip the script and compete in this conference? Sonny Cumbie's second year? Um, I don't I, I don't hate that pick. I could I, I you know I could see them making some serious strides. They've gotten some interesting talent via the portal. They have a lot of like former high-end power five guys who've come to Louisiana Tech. It's gonna be they are they are a linchpin team in this conference in a lot of ways. Yeah. All right, and number five, Matt, you and I love Jamie Jawal when he was at Coastal Carolina. Are we allowed to like him anymore? Is that no? Done? Okay, problem solved. All right, number one, I think this is going to be consensus. Western Kentucky, um, they've got their awesome quarterback, Austin Reed back, wide receiver Malachi Corley there. They got their edge rusher, Jaquess Evans, uh, leading both sides of the ball there. They are set. Western Kentucky has probably the three best players in the whole league guiding this squad. So they do have a new offensive coordinator, uh, but the continuity there at quarterback should kind of help ease that. So, uh, Perko, th- this team is the best of the returning batch. Are any of us doing a dumb mistake by by just putting them at the top? No, no, they they yeah. they should honestly. If they don't go undefeated in league play this year, it is a disappointment. And yeah, like and if their average margin of victory in league play this year isn't two touchdowns, like you could say that's a mild disappointment. Like this Ooh. team is is two standard deviations above anyone else in the league. All right. Well, two through nine is, it's really hard to sort out. Um, um, I am putting Liberty second. They have eight starters back. Um, plus a pretty proven coach there in Chadwell. Um, pretty big unknown at quarterback. Um, Matt, your Badgers, they have a new coach. So you've been doing a lot of documenting kind of what it's, it's taken for Luke fickle here to change. So, uh, so kind of applying some of that that you've learned, what what goes into to switching head coaching jobs like like Chadwell's done? And how does that impact anything that they do? It depends on who he's brought with him in, in a lot of ways. And because when it came to at Wisconsin uh, with Fickle brought a ton, like and I mean a genuine like a ton of the staff he had at Cincinnati a bunch of proven coaches from other places. So the guys he brought with him, a lot of the younger coaches that are on staff are guys he brought with him from Cincinnati they'd seen firsthand. The older coaches that came in are guys like Phil Longo and Jack McNell, who've been in the who's been coaching in college for 30, 40 years. And so with Chadwell, he did not bring as much of that coastal Carolina uh, infrastructure, like the same way that Fick did. And, I am predisposed to think the worst of Liberty. And so I am (laughs) going to go with my gut here and say, this doesn't go well. And the only way it could have gone well is if they had brought their quarterback with them from coastal Carolina, but he did not decide to go with them. And so, uh, yeah, I, 
that, you know, Liberty does probably have more talent on paper than a lot of these other teams, but I still would trust Jerry Kill more than I would trust, uh, than I trust this Liberty team. And so I, I, frankly, I, Liberty second seems a little bit high to me, but I can understand it based on the talent they have in their roster. All right. Well, you mentioned Jerry Kill. That's where I'm going next. New Mexico State. I got third. All Jerry Kill does is win. They have eight offensive starters back, including quarterback Diego Pavia. Uh, the defense gave up 40 points per game in 2021. They brought that down to 24 a game last year. Uh, if that trajectory holds, this is just going to be a Man, nasty they're team to eight face. Points a game this year, Josh. They're not. They're, they're not Georgia <laughs> years ago. No. But I know. I know. But but Matt, what is it about Jerry Kill that he just squeezes so much juice out of some really? And that's ugly why I lemons. think they are going to finish second in the league. Um, because he's just I mean he's a football coach for to be as cliche as possible. Josh, he's just a coach. He's just he's just a damn yeah. good football coach who understands coaching football, who understands maximizing the talents of the players that he has on hand, and. The hole under Jerry Kill is almost always greater than the sum of the parts. And that is why I trust them more than I trust Liberty. All right. Fourth, I got Middle Tennessee State. Perko, this is right there in your backyard. How is stock skills team? I don't think they're going to beat Miami again um, this this year. (laughs) It's, you know, stock still is a little bit polar. I wouldn't say he's polarizing, but it feels like he's just not going to reach the heights that they had, you know, or like when we started this show, God, nine years ago now, uh, eight years ago now, like, yeah, we're in our ninth season. So like six, seven years ago, they were really, really good. They will go as their passing offense goes and they're replacing some guys. I don't know. I don't truly trust this team. Uh, like I necessarily would have in years past. I don't think they're going to be as bad as they were two years ago, but I also don't see them being a, t- I don't see them being a conference title contender. I think you've got them middle of the league. Fourth is like sweet spot for this team. All right. Fifth, we're going to El Paso. Um, this club, they went seven and six, two years ago and made a bowl. Um, last year they stepped back to five and seven, but they, they boast a really talented offense keyed by their quarterback, Gavin Hardison, um, he's going to be protected by one of the best lines here in Kusa. The defense has a lot of issues to work on. They finished 10th in passing defense a year ago. Matt, um, UTEP's my dark horse. I, I think they could. I really think they could contend if it all falls into place for them. So do you think the Miners have enough surrounding Hardison to, to make a run at that? Yeah, I like them more than Milton, Tennessee State, and I actually like them more than Liberty. So um, I think Ooh. I've got them finishing third. Love it. All right. You mentioned Louisiana Tech as kind of a linchpin team. I got them sixth. They had a truly bizarre year in Sonny Cumbie's debut. They went just three and nine last year, but four of those losses were by combined 10 points. Uh, they then hit the portal probably harder than anyone else here in Kusa. They nabbed a whole bunch of new faces, including former Boise State quarterback Hank Bachmeyer. Um, and, and, and this is why one of the great names in all of college football, <laughs> DeColdis Crawford. There we go. And and Matt, it's actually the the Hank Bachmeyer reason is actually why I have tech down the sixth spot. It, he's he brings a big name because of, you know, he's a Boise State starting quarterback. But 
I saw him play last year and was completely unimpressed with them. So, Matt, you mentioned them being a linchpin. Do these portal additions actually move the, the Bulldogs I think up that or down for the you? skill positions do, but I agree with you that Bachmeyer is, uh, I'm going to use uh, this word for the second time in this podcast, milk toast. He's, he's, he's fine. He's not great. He's not awful. He's fine. And I think that is going to be good enough to get them to 500. Um, but I don't, I, I don't see them jumping. Um, you know, I'm like, like it's, it's pretty evident. I'm pretty high in New Mexico state. Um, and I, I don't see them jumping in New Mexico state or even a UTEP necessarily. I think they actually might be better than MTSU, but I, mm. I just, I, I'm not, I'm not entirely sold. All right, seventh and eighth kind of grouping them together here. Um, Jacksonville State, I got seventh. Rich Rod is back in FBS, so expect points by the dozen for them. Uh, this club, they went nine and two last year. They return a lot of talent, but obviously that's FCS talent to FBS. You know, how will it translate? Um, um, so, you know, there's always that question. For Sam Houston, if they have any success this year, it'll be because of returning a ton of defensive talent. Um, offensively, we really kind of have no idea what Sam Houston's going to do this year. Thanks to having just one lone returning starter, uh, their, their coach Casey Keeler, uh, was known for offense when they were an FCS juggernaut. Um, and he's been amazing, uh, with the Bearcats, tons of FCS success. So I don't know if you can count Sam Houston out completely, but, um, but Matt, you and I both love FCS football. Um, we probably love it more than our sponsors would like. We spend a lot of time talking FCS show. football. Um, so what can we realistically expect from the Gamecocks? And a lot of people, what we can expect is a lot of people who haven't watched FCS football to misspell Bearcats. <laughs> it's a, with a K, it's with a K. It's Bearcats with a K. Um, I think that, oh, we can also expect people who don't watch who have watched a lot of FCS football to assume that Jacksonville state is in the state of Florida. I think th- th- those are my two big <laughs> assumptions this year uh, for them. No. Yeah. It's weirdly in <laughs> Arkansas, which people don't realize. Um, no, what, what we can actually expect though is I think Jacksonville state is uh, more likely to finish higher up in the standings. I think just yeah. Sam Houston state's off. I have literally no idea what to expect. Like yeah. no one yeah. can possibly know what to expect from Sam Houston state's offense. So it wouldn't surprise me to see that right. finish bottom of the league. Yeah. All right. Well, let's bring up uh, ninth place. I got mm-hmm. FIU. Um, I've always been impressed with Mike McIntyre's ability to turn around San Jose State and had some success there with Colorado, getting them to a back to title game. And I expect actually the same to happen at FIU eventually. I just don't think he can quite do it in year number two. So my champion, I got Western Kentucky over Liberty. I got Western Kentucky over New Mexico State. Offensive MVP, I went with Austin Reed to Duh. Western Kentucky. Like, I mean, again, like this is the, it's not even close. Yeah. Defensive MVP, I got Jaquez Evans, same. Western Kentucky. All right, Coach of the Year, I think is also going to be the same. They, Jerry New Kill, State, New Mexico State, Mexico State. Uh, you know, is up there. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Jerry Kill. Like I, I, I hate to be, I hate to be yeah. like same and like not have any controversy yeah. here. But Josh, we're not, we are in complete lockstep. Um, my newcomer of the year. Comes with a little caveat. I said, someone from Louisiana Tech, if they are competitive. I mean, they hit the portal harder than, than anyone else. So 
we'll see how that works. I've, I mean, there are so the, the thing about a lot of these group of five schools now, they have all have so much roster churn because if guys are really good, they hit the portal go up. And then if guys are at power five schools and aren't necessarily getting the play that they want, they're going down to the, you know, so there's even more roster yeah. churn at these schools than there are at your power five schools. I mean, freaking throw. I, I don't even, I don't even know. I literally like shot in the dark. I'll just say Hank Bachmeyer because I, I, I Sonny Cumbie might find something that, that wasn't working at Boise state and with him. So yeah, sure. Give me Hank Bachmeyer. Would Diego Pavia technically count <laughs> if he's the whole program is a newcomer to the I conference? Mean, sure. I just realized not? that. Why not? <laughs> All right. All right. First fired. Um, you kind of look through it. No one's really like at risk of getting fired. Uh, but there is an interesting note here. I have UTEP as a very competitive team. They're my dark horse. I think they have a good shot at making a bowl this year. Uh, but it should be pointed out, Dana Dimmel is 17 and 40 in El Paso. And if they disappoint again, I, I don't know how much longer they can keep him, even though he's, you know, native son, popular. The thing, popular like, are they really going to do so. better? I don't, yeah, I, I don't think so. And I think, I think UTEP's going to be good enough that they, that, that he's going to be fine. So honestly, I could, I could see zero coaches fired. All right, Matt, final thoughts on this conference. My final question for you. We mentioned that this is probably the weakest conference in college football. Uh, but with so much turnover, despite it being weakened, is it secretly the most exciting league to watch because we have zero clue no, two through nine? I'm sorry, Josh. That, that, wow. That's oh, a, my goodness. I, that's a bridge too far, my friend. That is a bridge wow. too far. It is not the most exciting to watch. What? Western Kentucky is super what? fun to watch. New Mexico State is fun to watch okay. from a tactical standpoint. All right. But I think – Well, but like, when, I, when, I'm be, when I'm being cynical and protesting, watching these – power conference teams and i text you in the middle of the night that louisiana tech and jacksonville state are in their eighth overtime so yes i can (laughs) i can understand that but even at the group of five level i still think that i'll still take the sun belt as as a little bit more fun this is college football in its most pure form jacksonville state hosting utep at 10 30 p.m out in Wyoming, which is weirdly where Jacksonville State is. <laughs> wait, wait, Josh, Josh, Josh. I, I no, yes. sorry, you're in the. They're, they're actually in Idaho, not Wyoming. Oh, that's right. I forgot they moved. No, um, it is in Alabama. It is in Alabama, actually, for yeah. real. Yes, you know, we we've been. I was worried. I was worried. Listeners thought we were. No, we're just we're, we're, we're doing a bit because we didn't know. No, it's actually in Alabama. So yeah. um, it's just outside of Birmingham. So I don't know. Actually, I don't know that part. It's not outside. I don't think it's actually just outside of Birmingham. I drove. <laughs> I, I, I drove. I've driven through Birmingham a couple times recently. Um, and so everything, everything in the state of Iowa is just like related to Des Moines. You're like, ah, it's it's two hours away from Des Moines. Well, because like Des Moines is like the dead Des center of the state. <laughs> like in, in that, it's like yes, everything is in fact two hours right. outside of. And actually, Josh, uh, we only ran eleven minutes over from your bedtime. Yeah, well, actually, and on top of that, though, uh, Jacksonville State University is in uh, Jacksonville, Alabama. It's exactly okay. about halfway between Atlanta and Birmingham. There we go. So just outside. Of yeah. <laughs> 
Um, no, it's uh, actually relatively close to. Uh, no, it's not as close. I was in I was in Guntersville, Alabama, a couple weeks ago. Mm. Um, Guntersville, Alabama, one of the more beautiful places I've been in the South. I'm not gonna lie, it's mm. actually gorgeous lakes oh. and some like very pretty like almost mountains. I would call them. They're not like real mountains, but they're like almost mountains. Yeah, Guntersville, Alabama. Gunter- Lake Guntersville, highly recommend for a long weekend. Had some incredible, truly incredible Cajun food there. Nice. Matt, this is a, did you get this text from Coach? Did I get a text from Coach? Yeah, Coach, Coach texted me. He just he bought a custom jersey. Oh. It's half burnt orange, half boomer sooner. And on the back, the name says SEC on it. <laughs> he said he's going to proudly wear it. At Georgia games this year, because he cares more about the SEC than Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm looking forward to seeing him in that. And I think that is the perfect place to sign off. We'll be back next week with Coach with... Uh, presumably, unless there's another presumably, unless coaching there's conflict. Huh? Hey, you never know. It's the um, season. Either We're way. getting ready there. Either way. I mean, listen, schools here in Tennessee start next week. Kids are back next week, uh, which means that football, football will be back for uh, actual proper games here. So uh, I, I'm excited to see coach at his new school this year too, at his new, uh, uh, the, the new school he's coaching at. So see some, some, some real, real good football um, here in middle Tennessee. Um, but no matter where you are, we appreciate you tuning in to the illegal motion college football podcast on the believe podcast network. Um, so uh, on behalf of our own intrepid blogger from Big Ten and Counting, Josh Cook up there in Chicago, Illinois. And even though he's not with us tonight, he's still with us in spirit. Our own physical coordinator, uh, Coach Corey Burton here in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm Matt Perkins saying so long and see you next time on the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.